Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Law and Finance Show. And today I have a great guest on, Jody Daniels. And one of the things that you really do have to think about is the data and your privacy, the security, like all of these demands are growing, not just for large businesses. Even if you're a small business, this is a topic that you need to know. And one of the things that we do find is a lot of smaller and medium-sized businesses don't have the right things in place. So I definitely want you to stay tuned for today's episode. So without further ado, let me bring on my amazing guest, Jody. Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Jody, I'm looking forward to jumping into the conversation about you know privacy and security. And I definitely want to talk about that amazing uh cartoon that you shared on your on your LinkedIn page. But before we jump into that, tell the people a little bit about your background. Sure. Well, you have three fancy letters after your name, CPA, and I started that way, actually. I started my career at Deloitte Audit as a CPA, but then I progressed and moved into finance and strategy at large companies and uh, ultimately got from marketing into privacy because, ironically, the online advertising industry was trying to prevent government legislation. So they self-regulated, and I was responsible for that created a full-time role for myself, um, again, at, at a large company, went into the financial industry and was the digital privacy lead uh, for Bank of America. And then four and a half years ago, I thought, well, I should just leave all that behind um, and start my own company. So I did. I, I left nearly two decades or four and a half years ago after almost two decades. And we're all about, a, a, we're a privacy consulting company. So we're trying to help companies comply with privacy laws and establish cu customer trust. Nice, nice. I love it. I love it. You know, and it's amazing that, you know, when you hear, when I hear people say, you know, like they started off in accounting and then they transitioned into other things. I'm always curious is, did you find some of the fundamentals of what you learned in accounting helped you with that transition? Or was it just like, hey, you know what? I just need a completely new start. Well, it, um, a couple of things. So one, I it was a little bit of a challenge to quite honestly go from accounting to something else. You had to find the transition. And for me, I found a couple hops along the way. And I also went back to grad school in, in between. However, the fundamentals that you learn from a relationship building standpoint, clients, process, business process, and just understanding how numbers work are incredibly valuable. There are many, many people, numbers are a scary thing for me. Numbers are numbers, are numbers. like it's math, it's checks and balances. It's actually really nice because it's black and white. It's not gray. My world I live in now is very, well, maybe this and maybe that. And it's very gray. Love my black and white in my accounting. But the other thing that's really interesting is it's, it was very focused on process. So I actually just treated financial controls for personal data controls. I'm still learning businesses of, and how information moves through it. Instead of caring about the numbers, I just care about the personal information. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. No, you know, one of the things I find interesting when you mentioned about, you know, spending some time in the marketing space, because, you know, when I was, you know, saw your profile and I saw some of the posts that you had shared and I was like, you know, this is such a, a very important topic, especially for the audience, the, the primary audience that watches this show when you're thinking about law firms and, you know, the legal legal fields. But even when I thought about some of my marketing clients to where the idea of marketing is, how do I get my message in front of people at just the right time? And to do that, a lot of times it's, hey, we need more data, more information about that person. How did you find, like, as you were working through kind of the marketing and the, the push for, you know, marketing industry to be more self-regulated I mean, did you find people that kind of wrestled with that or was everybody kind of in agreement like, hey, you know, yeah, we need more data? So everyone wants as much data as they can possibly get. And Mm -hmm. where we are now is basically laws, global laws have mandated companies pay attention to the data that they have. And in some situations, they can't collect what they used to and they can't use it the way they used to. That's forced people to have to evaluate and do something different. Some people have done that kicking and screaming. Some people have done that begrudgingly, but okay. And some people have realized, all right, this is my reality and I'm going to embrace it and figure out what to do. We have not only the laws, but we also have the technology companies like Apple and Google changing the way marketing will be done and the the basis underlying all of those decisions from them are from privacy issues and privacy laws. So you certainly want to still be able to collect data. The cartoon that we're referring to, I encourage anyone, go go visit me on, on LinkedIn. You'll see this cartoon. It was posted, uh, I think it was Friday, March 11th. Um, I think I have, yeah, that would be Friday, March 11th. So it was this really awesome cartoon. Thank you so much for sharing. I did not draw the cartoon. Tom Fishburne is the, the great artist who, who drew it. But what it's all about is the idea that we collect data directly, we buy data from third parties, and we kind of infer in the middle. And where we're going is more of a direct connection because you're absolutely right. People want to, marketing's job is to sell me more stuff. So how do you sell me more stuff? Well, I have to find more me's. And if I already have me, you want to make sure I get the right message to buy more. Well, for example, I will not name the company, but there's a particular company and I really like their stuff, but I don't like everything. And they're still sending me the baby and nursery items. I have aged. I'd be really interested in their older line, but they don't have the right data on me or they're not using the data they have on me to actually sell me the right stuff. So maybe they went and bought data. Well, in the new world, you can still have data. You just ask me, build the relationship with me, the individual, make sure I trust you. And I will tell you, I don't want the nursery stuff anymore. Move me along and I will actually buy more from you because we've established a relationship. And that's the direction for where we're going. And many marketers are starting to realize that. They're recognizing it's about trust. It's about a relationship. I trust that I'm going to deliver a great brand and product. I trust that you're going to do right by my data. That's the element of trust. And that's the direction that we're moving in. You know, and that's a very interesting point that you bring up because, you know, I've 
haven't really heard many people, you know, realize that, you know, fundamental principle of just, you know, focusing on developing the relationship. Because even when I think about, you know, the 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 personal relationships that I have to where there are close friendships that I have with people where they will tell me stuff that they would probably never tell anyone else. And it's solely because of the relate and they're okay with telling me, even though it is a very, very private matter, but because of the relationship, that is an amazing point. Well, people buy, even if it's software, you're buying eventually. It's a human making the click to buy something. So we're you're trying to connect with a human and making a decision. Humans like facts and humans are emotional. And it's all about building the relationship. And when you're able to do that in a manner that says, I believe you're going to give me my product. I believe you're going to deliver on this service every month. I believe that you're going to not take my information and share it or sell it, right? Why do we all get interesting catalogs in the mail? Because I don't know who you are. Right before this, I got some random text message from someone. Do I want to sell my house to them? First off, they got the name wrong and I don't know who you are. So why am I going to apply to you? I mean, nothing about that is building a relationship or wanting me to trust them. And that's where we're at. How can you build the relationship So the human on the other end who's going to use their mouse to make the decision of yes or no, trust you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a very interesting point because, you know, as you were saying that about, you know, the text message you got, I think about the times where someone reaches out to me and someone that I don't know. So one of the questions I have in my head is, how did you even get that information? Like, how did you even know that? (laughs) (laughs) You can get all kinds of information on the World Wide Web. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) so i'm curious as you know as you kind of navigated this role of you know building your business around that and you started engaging were you surprised to see just kind of the the lack of understanding that some business owners have about what their responsibility is when it comes down to their customers data There's a massive need for education and understanding. First, we have different laws that are in place, and not everyone understands the laws. They misinterpreted the laws. They went to Dr. Google to try and figure out the laws. (laughs) And and then internally, how are they going to apply it and prioritize it amongst the many competing must-have to-dos in their company? When people are making those decisions, privacy often gets a bit lower. For a variety of reasons. I don't understand. I don't care. I'm willing to take the risk. No one will find me. I'm too small. And actually, many small companies want to work with big companies and big companies care. They don't say, you know what? You're too small. That's okay. You just do whatever you want. No. You know, if you go to a doctor, if you go to a single doctor's practice or a large hospital, don't you expect the same rigor and care from that individual and how they're going to treat and protect your information? You don't change it. Oh, you're just the solo practice. That's fine. You can just you know, put my information out on social media. No, you don't do that. It's sort of the same philosophy here. We spend a lot of time educating people, explaining what the laws are, explaining what customer expectations are, And helping people realize the transition from it's not just about avoiding a fine or a penalty from a law, moving them towards what we've talked about, this idea of trust and customer expectations. 
And the companies that appreciate that right now have a massive competitive edge against the people who are still trying to figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that is a good point because, you know, I, I think as people start to think more about the point that you made earlier is that, the you know, the relationship and that trust factor. Because one of the things that I think about is if, you know, I told a friend something and I only wanted it to stay between us. And then I found out that they shared it with other people. It's just like the trust in the relationship is severely damaged, you know, depending on how personal that information was. So, I mean, I think that is a, a, a very, very good point that you made. And so as you start to think about that, like, you know, with educating, you know, people with you have that dynamic of, hey, here's what the legal requirement is. Here's what the customer expectation is. Do you find that there is a wide gap between what the fair legal requirement is and what customers expect? I don't think there's necessarily a wide gap, uh, though I might take that back. I think it depends on the country that you're in and the kind of data. In the United States, our laws are still very company friendly. We do it based on size of company. And... And then the laws around what you can use and can't use are quite open for much of the data that we're talking about. There's very strict rules around healthcare data and some financial data. But, you know, emails and the clicks that how we've gone shopping for our shoes online, it's actually still a wide open net. Where we're going is towards transparency and choice. And we are moving to this idea of collect only what you need for a business purpose. Now, the business purpose is still a little bit wide open. So we have some room to do in the United States. And customers are expecting a much higher bar, I think, than where some of the laws are. At the same time, customers like convenience and we want value. So it's a really interesting tug and pull that we have here. If you're a company, then you might have clients all over in Canada and in Europe, they have different rules. And what happens is a lot of companies say, well, I, I, I don't want to manage this. This is like too many rules. So Jody here in Georgia, I, I don't get a whole lot, but Jody in California does. And you might say, well, that's too complicated to figure out two different Jody's based on the state. We're just going to treat everybody to kind of the, the most conservative that I as a company need to and I as a company want to. I have many companies who call, they're at the beginning stages and they say, I want to do it right from the beginning because we all know it's a lot easier to build at the beginning than at the end. And that's what they choose to do. Other companies are, I'm going to pump that risk down the road and then I'll have to figure out how I like patchwork it all in and, and go from there. Awesome. Awesome. So now when it comes down to how you work with, you know, your clients and how you help educate companies, you know, how does that relationship usually work? And what are the types of kind of your ideal clients that you usually work with? So an ideal client for us is someone that doesn't have a privacy person or they've been anointed privacy. Terrell, you're the privacy person. Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> we need some help. And you, we work in a variety of industries uh, are predominantly e-commerce, marketing agencies, media publishers, professional services and B2B tech. So we work with other people, but those are some of the predominant industries. And it looks anything like, you know what, I hear there's a privacy law. What is it that I need to do? And we help understand from start to finish what laws are in scope for you and what that means. B2B 
because every business is also a little bit different. It's dependent on the kind of data that you have and how you use it and share it. And then all these laws have some tactics to them, some very specific things that have to happen. And we'll help companies through the specific tactics. For example, everyone listening has probably clicked through a cookie banner. Not all cookie banners are created equal. We help you figure out which one you actually need. A privacy notice, those are not created equal. Please don't copy your best friend's notice or some <laughs> random site that you think knows what they're doing. Not a good idea. And there's a long list of other things. But those are some examples that from the outside world people tend to see. And then, you know, random questions. I'm looking into doing this or I want to have this campaign or create this landing page or I want to have this kind of partnership. Things that need advice and a, a consulting approach will help. And we serve as the fractional privacy office is kind of the best way to think about where we fit in. Nice, nice. You know, and I think that that's always good to know because I I agree with what you and I were talking about before starting the recording is that a lot of people may think that, hey, my business is too small or, hey, this isn't really a big enough issue to actually need help to have a actual policy around it. Um, and I'm curious from what you've seen, like the companies that end up just, what they say, anointing a person like, hey, you don't know anything about privacy. You don't know anything more than this person, but hey, you're the new privacy person. Like, What's the level of frustration you usually see that person go through when companies do stuff like that? They're pretty frustrated and overwhelmed. My dog agrees and would like to say hi as part of our conversation here. <laughs> You're fine. That's why we pre-recorded. Um, we can edit that out. They don't, know. they don't know what to be doing. Now, I do like the idea of a company saying, so-and-so, you're responsible for privacy and giving them the opportunity to find the resources that they need. They might need a variety of different people. And so when you give them that luxury to be able to help supplement their role, I think that's very valuable. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, if people are interested and they're like, hey, either I've been anointed the privacy person or, hey, we, you know, we've heard everything that Jody said and we're just not up to up to par when it comes down to our privacy. We, we, we don't know. We don't even know where to get started. So how can people find you online or get in touch with you if they're interested in getting some help? Best place would be to visit our website, which is redcloveradvisors.com. You see up at the tippy top, uh, for those watching, there's a take a quiz. And then further down, there's even a, a, another link for the quiz. So really short, kind of fun. It's like 10 questions, super easy quiz to give you a little bit of a sense of where you are and some good next steps to go forward. Um, lots of content all over the site to help educate as well. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So before we wrap up, one of the questions that I love asking every guest that comes on is, you know, when you think about your journey that you've been on and you think about, you know, where you are now in your 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 business and your journey and how you're seeing changes and benefits happen for, you know, different clients and businesses in the space of privacy and data protection and security, you know, what's two pieces of advice that you would share with other business owners that are trying to figure out privacy and data security? The first is going to be know where your data is. And I don't mean just the big systems like the email, but think about your CRMs, your Google Drives, Dropboxes, 
um, all the different tools and platforms and software and everything where your data is. You have to know where your data is because you can't protect anything if you don't even know where it is and you can't begin to comply with any kind of law without knowing where it is. So that'd be number one. Uh, number two would be actually believing that you are big enough to need to pay attention. Bad actors love small companies because they know that they haven't done what they're supposed to. And customers have the expectations that small companies are doing the right thing. And I've seen time and time again, small companies call and say, I have this deal. I can't close it until I'm able to make sure that I have everything um, all buttoned up or they want to use it in advance. Say, hey, look, look at us. We care about privacy and security and use it as part of their marketing collateral. Nice, nice. Well, Jody, thank you so much for being an, an amazing guest on the Law and Finance show. But we have several different shows to where I truly think this is information that we're going to share across all of our shows with our entrepreneurs, our you know our, our software companies, our restaurants, all of our service-based businesses, because I think this is phenomenal insight and wisdom. And then also, if they want to find you on LinkedIn, what should they search for to find you on LinkedIn? Yeah, you can just find Jody Daniels and Red Clover Advisors. Real easy. Would love to see you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. You just checked out the Law and Finance Show, where we bring you great, insightful interviews that talk about the business and the financial side of managing a law firm. So subscribe to the show and check out more of the great interviews.